All right, 303. Nick Monagle here with you. Obviously, starting with the football, 877-337-6666. As we saw the death of the Jets season, as they have now clinched, missing the playoffs for the 13th consecutive year. And we saw the death of Tommy Cutlets. And again, he wasn't awful in this game, but part of his magical run was winning these games and keeping the season alive. And now that is not over. Excuse me, that is now over. And he wasn't great in this game, but they weren't able to do anything. I mean, what happened to Wondell Robinson? What happened to this offense? You know, this is a, a Saints defense that was bottom of the league against the run. And Saquon Barkley, nine carries for 30-something yards? I mean, this offense did nothing. The defense was awful. They got absolutely embarrassed and beat up. And Tommy DeVito sacked again, over and over again. He wasn't able to escape the pocket the way he was against the Green Bay Packers. The magic just wasn't there for Tommy DeVito. It just wasn't there. I mean, seven sacks on the day, a lot, a couple of them are on him, but ultimately they just, uh, Dory Jackson was horrendous in this game. The Giants were just awful. The Giants were back to the same team we've seen most of this year. And now it's official. And the tank is back on. It sucks. I hate it. I'm not openly rooting against them anymore. It's, it, but we all know what the best outcome for this season is now. You can try and deny it. You can tell me winning culture, that they're not mathematically eliminated. Oh, if they can go out there and beat the Eagles. I, I, there is something to beating the Eagles. That's probably the best argument of the bunch to finally put an end to constantly losing to the Eagles. And it's impossible for me to root against the Giants and root and openly hope they lose against Philadelphia. So once the game is on, I fully admit I will be rooting for the Giants to make plays and win the football game. But ultimately, I know. It's what I've known since they were 2-8. and eight. I've known it. I put it on the back burner. I put it aside because of the Tommy Cutlet story and the idea this was all a, a whirlwind and he was playing great and, you know, we were having fun. The family was a great story. The agent was hilarious. Everything was just, oh, it was so much fun. Oh, you got to buy into it, Chris. What's wrong with you? Come on. They're alive. This kid's great. He does this better than Daniel Jones ever did. He does, oh, he's phenomenal. He's just terrific. And I bought in like an idiot. I bought in. And I don't necessarily regret it, but we all know at 2-8, and eight, we knew what the best outcome for the future of this franchise was. We knew what it was. Being at the top of this tankathon list. That's where it was. And now it's seventh. Maybe they can get into the top five. Chicago's going to have two picks. They're not going to take two quarterbacks. Maybe they're open to trade something. I'm still in the market. I'm still in the market. I'm more enthused and more on board than ever for the Giants to get their franchise quarterback. I've never wavered. I wanted it even during the, the, the craziness of Tommy Cutlets. I want the franchise quarterback. I don't believe it's Tommy Cutlets, and I don't believe it's Daniel Jones. I don't believe the Giants have a franchise quarterback on their roster. And to me, we can complain about the offensive line. We can complain about the defensive backs. 
We can complain about everything and anything you want. The inability to keep a kicker healthy. I mean, let's just, we can talk about anything. Until you know who's leading the franchise at quarterback, you don't have anything. And for me, I've never been more optimistic about it because look at what this coach can do. Brian Dable is an expert at developing quarterbacks. He got hired because he developed Josh Allen. He got the best year of his career out of Daniel Jones and took him to a playoff game and a win. And now he's turned a undrafted free agent, a local kid named Tommy Cutlets, and he turned him into a brief but memorable folklore hero. That's what this coach is capable of doing. Imagine what he can do with a big-time, talented, young prospect quarterback. What could he do with Drake May? Don't you want to find out? Don't you want to find out? I desperately want to find out. And the best way to find that out is to get the best draft pick. So I'm back on, baby. I'm going to turn on the game on Christmas Day. I'm going to, I'm, I'm incapable of rooting for the Eagles. I hate them with a passion. There is a burning fire deep in my gut where I will never, never, never hope a Philadelphia team wins. But at the end of the game, I'm just going to close my eyes and repeat to myself over and over again like a mantra. This is what's best. This is what's best. This is what's best. 877-337-6666. Joe in Somerset. What's up, Joe? Hey, Chris. What's going on, man? How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. So if you just, just indulge me for a little bit, here, here, here's, the, here's the sobering reality mm-hmm. for Giants fans for a long time. So, you know, I'm 47 and, you know, I, I remember 86 and 91 and seven and 12, Sure. you know, you, you mentioned earlier about you need, uh, you want to see, you know, 11, 12 win teams consistently, right? Yes. The big problem is that you're, you're, you're describing the Eagles and the Cowboys, like already in our division, those two teams, are consistently 11, 12, you know, the the, 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 the the Eagles will probably win 14 games this year. Right. Jalen Hurts is 25, yep. so he's going to be good for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Dak is 30. He's going to be good for the next, you know, five years. So even if the Giants draft, you know, the, the quarterback, you're talking about another five to 10 years before we're even, before, you know, we're, we're still at the third best team in the division. I don't think that's so, necessarily you true. Know, it takes such a long time you know i mean look at teams that have won four championships you know the steelers they won four in the 70s but then it took 30 years for them to win another one you know the uh the 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 niners they won you know three four in the 80s you know it it takes a long time to become you know to win super bowls and and the fact we had our run it's going to be a long time before the giants are oh that's i I, 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 I think giants just really have to giants just really have to understand that no i i think i i don't agree with almost anything you said other than that i expect on some level the eagles and cowboys to still be good but they i mean that's they they can't they can't go they can't win a game they can't they can't be good enough to win a home game against the dallas cowboys they can't be good they, enough no, to they, win a home can, game against philadelphia so if they, they split, why, so why can't they win? The no, I think they could be. They could be the second best team in the division. The, the the Cowboys. Since when are the Cowboys? I understand what the Eagles have done here. What were the Cowboys yeah. last year? 
I mean, a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, but did you? I, I think they're much better this year. I don't think. And then they they flamed out in the postseason. I don't think anybody believed in them. Like I, right. I don't. I mean, I don't. I I think you could. I don't think it takes much to surpass the Cowboys as the second best team in the division just because what Dak Dak Prescott's having a great year this year. Last year he led the NFL in interceptions, and he barely and, and he didn't even play the full season. And they still won twelve games. I, I understand that. I understand that. But right? you know what? Part of that is is that the rest of this division's crap, and the Giants can't beat them. If the Giants were better, they wouldn't win twelve games. You know what I'm saying? If yeah, the Giants actually were a, a formidable opponent for them, and I'm sorry, you, I, I just, I can't. So what should the, what should the Giants do? Just tuck, tuck their tail between their legs and no, and no, go and go I, home and not try to win Super no, Bowls because that's unrealistic. Because they because they won one, they won two Super Bowls ten years ago. I shouldn't. I didn't say they shouldn't try. I'm just saying the reality. If you look at history, just look at history. You know, it's going to take a long. It takes a long time to develop a championship team. And the fact that the Giants, even if they get a, you know, hopefully get a, a quarterback next year, but who even knows what you know what quarterback will be? It takes a long. Even when Eli got drafted, it took him, you know, what six years before no, he won his championship. No, it was right? his fourth so, season. You know, it takes a long time. It was Eli's fourth season. Um, but no. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. It doesn't take a long time. It could be real quick. Teams get right back in it. It happens all the time. Philadelphia won a Super Bowl with with, with Nick Foles and was then back in the Super Bowl with Hertz. And and a and a, a you know a, a somewhat of a different team. Some offensive linemen still the same, some people still the same, but added drafted, I mean their offense is completely different. And they're back in the Super Bowl a couple years later with a new team. There's, I can give you examples on both sides. There's, there's, there's no reason to say, look at history. It's going to take them 20 years to get back to the Super Bowl. So just, you know, what are you going to do? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's absolute nonsense. I don't agree with any of that. And, and football's a little bit of a year-to-year thing. You think the Cowboys are unsurpassable? That they are guaranteed to be the the you know the the class of the NFC. I, they got they got manhandled today by the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely run over. They haven't beaten a you know they beat bad teams. That's what the Cowboys do. This was a test for them, and they failed miserably, miserably. All the talk about the Cowboys being the the toast of the NFL and is this their season? They didn't even put up a fight against the Cowboys uh, against the Bills. Excuse me. The Bills had 266 rushing yards. They ran it right down their throat. James Cook averaged 7.2 yards per carry. This is this vaunted uh, Cowboys defense. The Eagles aren't what you think they are. Quite honestly, they haven't been that. They haven't beat a lot of good teams either. They just lost the two best teams, other two best teams in the conference, just beat the crap out of them back-to-back weeks. If the Giants get a young, franchise-changing quarterback, they can't surpass those two for the next 10 years? It's ridiculous. I I totally disagree. Totally disagree. And and, and that doesn't change the fact that the Giants can't win 11, 12 games every single year, even if the Cowboys and Eagles are good. I, I, the the Giants shouldn't just give up and go. Well, we won a Super Bowl ten years ago. It takes time. It, it takes ten years is good. That's enough time. It's enough time. And I'm not even saying go win a Super Bowl. Just be a, a competitive, consistent winner. 
and not these, you know, once 2016 win 11 games and go lose a playoff game, and then you're crap until 2022. And then in 2022, win a playoff game, and next year you're crap again. Like, how about a sustained success? And you know what does that? The quarterback. And the Giants don't have one. Stuart in Brooklyn. What's up, Stu Pot? Good morning, buddy. Can we get off the... Uh, yeah, how are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Yeah, C-Max, you're right. It doesn't take that long to get back to being... It's, it's ridiculous. The idea that they won in, in 7 and 11, that they, they there's no chance of winning, and the Cowboys and Eagles are going to be better than them for the next 10 years. It's no, ridiculous. not necessarily. I mean, if they get a quarterback, and they put some... Or maybe fix up the offensive line a little bit, they can get there. Yeah. It's been proven. And the Cowboys and the Eagles aren't guaranteed to be successful forever. No, because like things happen. Dallas got they beat the Eagles last week, and then they got crushed by the Bills. I mean, the NFL is so unpredictable. It's like uh, one week one team is great, next week they're going to look like uh, like nobody. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of rump and down nature. Actually, I thought this game was rather predictable. I thought so the, think, uh, the Bills were, were desperate. But do I think the Yankees are going to get Yamamoto? I do. I still do. I have confidence. Everything, you know, they have quiet confidence. He requested the meeting after meeting with, I mean, this guy, I was joking about it. How many free meals does Yamamoto need? Like, honestly, I saw the thing today. He met with, he had dinner. Obviously, the reports early today were that he, last night, Saturday night, he had dinner, or two nights ago now, Saturday night, he had dinner with Steve Cohen in his, uh, I'm sure, palatial uh, home in Connecticut. And they had a meal, and it was him and his wife and uh, the manager and uh, the pitching coach. So, I mean, I, I when I first heard that, everyone was like, wow, that's a good sign. I'm like, how many times do you need to meet with these teams? He flew to Japan to talk to you. Like, how you know what the Mets have to offer, and for that matter, the Yankees. And so then, obviously, that's followed by, you knew that he's in town. How could the Yankees not meet with him if the Mets meet with him? And apparently he requested the meeting with the Yankees, which I feel better about because if I'm the Yankees, then it seems like, oh, we met with the Mets, man, call him, call him, see if he wants to meet with us. Like if he requested it because, hey, I'm in town, let's meet, let's get together and talk, I feel better than, oh, I, reports already met with the Mets. He was at Steve Cohen's house. Hal, where's the yacht parked? Let's get him on the boat. Like it's just, I don't, I don't like I'm done with it. Honestly, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. There's uh, who cares? How many times do you need to meet with them? Is he going to go back and meet with the Dodgers again now? Like you know, at this point, agents get on the phone, the teams make offers. Like I'm not reading too much into any of this that they had a second meeting. I, I've always thought the two New York teams were more than viable. The reports earlier in, in the week that the Red Sox have made a $300 million offer and that the San Francisco Giants have stepped in and made a big time offer. We know where we stand. He's going to have to make a decision. And I, I suppose it's it's positive that he wants to talk rather than doesn't want to talk, I guess. But ultimately, he know what, how much more can you say? Like, what do you think new was said at this meeting? Like, wait a minute. We really would like you to play with us. Like, I know before we told you we want you. I, now, I really want you. Or I don't listen to these new, all oh, the Red Sox and Giants are in. Don't listen to them. Like, what, what, what is said at this meeting that's so different that I need to meet, meet again? You make your pitch, and then the agent and the teams talk money. That's it. 
But he wants to meet again. I, I, I don't think much of it. I don't think it means that they're any more likely to get them than the Dodgers. I think those are the three teams. I don't believe the Red Sox are a legitimate uh, possibility, although $300 million is a legitimate offer, if true. Um, I don't think he would go to San Francisco. But again, how to, I, I don't know. But I think it's going to be one of the three. It's going to be one of the two New York teams or the Dodgers. Those are the three teams for me that are in the mix. So am I all hung up on the idea he requested a, a meeting with the Yankees? No, I'm not. Do I think it's a big deal that he went and had dinner with Steve Cohen yet again? No, I do not. I mean, unless Steve Cohen's going to give him financial tips, I really don't know how interesting that conversation is. Like, It is what it is. I find it very hard to believe that meaningful talks that weren't already said were said. So I did not get hung up on it. I don't care about these extra meetings. It's BS. There's only one thing for me. There's only one thing left. There is one question that the New York Yankees in particular, because I don't think the Mets have any plans other than Yamamoto. There's one question left for the New York Yankees when it comes to Yamamoto. And we'll talk about it when I get back. 877-337-6666. McBonagle here with you on The Fan, taking you all the way to 5 a.m. in the warm-up show right here on The Fan. Yeah! All right, 325. How are we? How are you guys doing? We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. Getting closer and closer. Coming up with creative things to do with the elves on a shelf is getting harder and harder. And you know I'll come with my advent calendar sometime this hour and give you another Christmas take. This one brings me back to my childhood, so we'll do that. 877-337-6666. So I tease going into the break the one last question for the Yankees with Yamamoto. I am done with all this pomp and circumstance and meetings and he's close to this one and this one's the favorite and quiet optimism here. I am Yamamoto'd out. I want him. I desperately want him to be a Yankee. I want that Yamasoto offseason that we've uh, that I've been clamoring about for weeks and weeks. I want it so bad I can taste it. But here's the only question left for the Yankees in particular. Is there a number that it doesn't make sense? That's it. I don't think for Steve Cohen, it's not the same question for the Mets because there is no number. One, he's going to be the highest bidder, I would think. And two, with his money and his ability to pay and the idea this is the one guy they're going after. I mean, I still expect him to spend money next year, but the Yankees just traded for someone they're going to have to pay $500 million next year to keep. The Yankees are still looking to go out and improve this team. Like, there are other moves. The Yankees are all in on 2024. The Mets have kind of taken their foot off the, the pedal a little bit, and this is the one guy. So for me and the Mets and the idea that Steve Cohen's money is what it is and that's what their superpower is, and he takes a major hit if they don't get him, I don't think there is a number where it no longer makes sense for the Mets. But for the Yankees, is there a number where it no longer makes sense? That's the only question I have now. If he gets something crazy, if Steve Cohen offers him $400 million, are you going to give him a bigger contract than Cole? Are you going to commit to someone who's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, no matter how good we think he is? Is that what's best for the team, to go out, and give that kind of money. 
Do you care about Steinbrenner's money? Does it make it less likely to then go give $500 million to Soto next year? If it's $400 million, can you span it out over 12, 13, 14 years, which I heard in some reports that it might be that long a contract to keep the annual money down? Is there a contract, is there a number that you won't go? Now, I think there's a number that the highest number is going to be from the Mets, but if he offers something like $400 million, which I, I can't imagine he will, but maybe he does, and Yamamoto says, look, I want to be a Yankee, but I need at least 380 He's offering me 400 You got to give me 380 Does that make sense for the New York Yankees? Is money no object right now this year? Is Hal just a cheap bastard if he doesn't give the contract? Or would the Yankees be better off doing what they th- absolutely should do if they miss out on him? No matter how they miss out on him, if they miss out on him, They need to pivot to one of these trading options, which is either Cease out of Chicago or Corbin Burns out of Milwaukee. That is at the the Yankees should still be all in for 2024. Corbin Burns in particular is a rental, so the price shouldn't be that high, despite how great he is. And that rotation this year of Cole, Burns, hopefully Rodon, Nestor, that's still a winning. He's an excellent pitcher, former Cy Young Award winner. That's the pivot. And I'll be disappointed in the Yankees if that's not the pivot. If they do not get Yamamoto, Cease needs to be on this team or Burns in Milwaukee. One of those two guys need to be a Yankee if they do not get Yamamoto. But that's only the one that's the only question I have left. How high will the Yankees go? And then ultimately, how high does it make sense? Is there a number? Because we're all, hey, Hal needs to spend the money. This needs to be the big bad Yankees. We need to go out there and prove that they're the fully optional, uh, fully uh, functioning Death Star. They need to go out there and have an offseason that uh, that reciprocates the idea that they were 82 and 80. It's a miserable team. They already got Soto. That's not enough. Go get Yamamoto. And I agree with everything there. But is there a number where it sense for this team? Is there a number where they're better suited pivoting to one of these two trading options? and not having to give $400 million to a pitcher who has never played in Major League Baseball. That's the only question I have left. How high is this number, and does it still make sense? 877-337-6666. Mark in California. What's up, Mark? What's going on, Chris? What's up, Um, buddy? How are you? Well, in 2026, there's going to be a guy. I've been following this guy for a while. His name is Roki. Yes. This guy. Let me tell you something. I know he's a great Yamamoto on steroids. Yeah, I mean, I heard he's electric. Yeah, I mean, uh, is he like? Is he twenty four? Is he's going to be twenty six? One two. Oh, he's only twenty two. Yamamoto. The I'll give you a little story about him. So basically. Japanese players, when they transition to baseball, you know, there's a posting thing and all that stuff. He's been trying to come over, and they've said no. Yeah, I know. He'll allow you to come over. He's requested it, right? But they can't. Of the age. He's too young, 22 years old. He went up against Yamamoto. He didn't play in the MPB. He played in the league, like, underneath it, kind of like the AAA league a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. He came over, went up against Yamamoto. 19 strikeouts and eight innings. This guy is just, his stuff is filthy. It's, like, unbelievable. So he's waiting the Yankees miss out on Yamamoto. I believe they're going to go after him. Mm-hmm. But, so shout out to my buddy, Billy Gasparini. He's the scouting director for the Dodgers. Shout out to him. Um, 
Dodgers were never in on Yamamoto up till a couple days ago. He does not want to be in Otani shadow. The report leaked today that supposedly that's what's going on. Then all of a sudden you hear the Dodgers trading for Glass now. They're not in on Glass now because other teams are interested in him. Uh, people were trying to go after um, Randy Arena. They wanted him in the trade instead of Manuel Margot. That's right. what the Dodgers tried to push for. And sure. They was like, no. Um, so now it's the Mets and the Yankees. But isn't this eerily familiar with what Aaron Judge did to the San Francisco Giants? It is. Eerily familiar. I tell well, my buddy. This. So, like, what he did with whom? What, with, with the Giants. No, no, no. I, what there. is Yamamoto, Yamamoto with who, though? Well, listen, because supposedly all the reports were, if you go back to the timeline, Yankees are favorites. Yes. Then all of a sudden, no one was even talking <clears> about the Mets. Oh, they got Cody Senga. They were friends in Japan. Oh, man. And I remember first Cohen flew out there, like yeah. took his private jet yeah. and flew. To Japan. Japan, do you see any other owner doing that? It's nuts, man. This guy's like, well, he really wants I to I mean, happen. Brian Cashman flew there to watch him pitch. Yeah, I understand it's not the owner to meet just... with him, but he went there. They had to scout at every single game, and, no, uh, and I... Brian Cashman flew out there himself. Right. I mean, he's Yankees are very big in the international market, which yes. I understand. But having to go up there, like, could you imagine getting on Japan? Right. Let's just say... Chris, you're like, I'm no longer working with WFBN. Mm-hmm. I'm working with KBPW. Right. And you're like, you know what? KBPW Apparently they moved me out there. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to Australia just for the job interview. You're not even, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's a little different. That's, it's, a, it's, right. it's the equivalent to an Uber ride of, for me than it is a private right, jet right. for, uh, so you know. Now all these reports are coming out, $300 million with yeah. the Red Sox. With supposedly, and the Red Sox have good ties to him as well because they yeah. had great Japanese talent as well. Sure. Right? All of a sudden, other teams are coming out. The Phillies met with them. We didn't even hear about their offer. No. Funny now that supposedly everyone on Twitter is saying, oh, well, he wants to go on the East Coast. The Mets were the first one to have the meeting. That's actually not true. The Yankees were the first team to request the second meeting. In originality, he was still in New York area. Right? Yeah, well, I, 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 I'll take. Point. I mean, I, I, I don't know where. I don't know how you got that. I'll, I'll just from what we, what we've been told is that he had a meeting, a dinner in Connecticut with Steve Cohen, yeah. and then requested a Cohen. second meeting with the Yankees. So I don't now, know if you say that they put out a request. I haven't heard that report. I don't know where you're getting it from. Uh, I'll take your, I'll take your word for it on this, the basis of this phone call. But I can't take right, it as right. fact. Uh, you know. I right, right, right. The Yankees requested, already knew when he was back in California. And the only reason I know this is from my buddy Billy Gaspar and shout out to him. Um, he basically was explaining to me that Otani first yeah. signed. Otani, in his contract, it's stipulated in the contract they have to build a competitive team around Otani. Yeah. One of the biggest things that Otani was pushing for yeah. was Yamamoto. And the thing is, is that if you're Yamamoto, the Mets, obviously, are a historic franchise, very w- well-respected. So are the Yankees and the Dodgers. But the Dodgers already have Otani. Kode Senga is nowhere near Otani. He's good, but he's not, like, great. Uh-huh. Masahiro Tanaka was unbelievable electric in his first year. Yes. You have Cole. The reason the Yankees have to go get Yamamoto is because you don't know if Cole's going to re-sign next year. It's huge. No, Cole, the yeah, no Cole is going to – Cole doesn't have that uh... – he has an opt-out, but if the Yankees give him an, uh, an extra year, it, it nullifies the opt-out. But who would you play with? Would you rather play with Garrett Cole, who just won the Cy Young? Yeah. 
and obviously leading the Yankees back to the historic franchise. Listen, Mets have had bad years. I I, I understand. For a long I, time. I, I, yeah, no. Listen, I, I I get it, and I understand all that, uh, Mark. And thank you for the call. Just real quick on that, because people don't seem to understand it. Cole does have an opt out, which I'm sure he will exercise, but that doesn't mean he's leaving. And it doesn't mean they have to sign him to a whole new contract. If the Yankees give him one more year, they add a tenth year to the contract for the same money, he cannot leave. It nullifies the opt-out. So if he in, if he triggers his opt-out, the Yankees can either let him opt out of the contract and then either try to re-sign him or let him go, or they can pick up one more year at the same money, and that nullifies the opt-out. Cole can't leave. So I would be very – I mean, unless – disaster happens this year, I don't think, and if disaster happens, he won't opt out. So really under no circumstance do I see the not the Yankees not being willing to give him one more year of $36 million. They're going to they're gonna put it on top. So I, I have no fear of Cole leaving or Cole getting a brand new contract or talking to any other teams. Cole is going to be a Yankee for the rest of his career. I have no fear of it. So there's that. And yeah, I agree with every other point you said. I, I wouldn't I, I don't think he wants to go pitch in the shadow of Shohei Otani. I've been saying it for since since that meeting that apparently had Otani and 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 Betts, Freeman. I've said it from the beginning. I don't I think this guy wants to be the star. And while Otani won't pitch in the rotation with him this year, he will not be the star. And especially with the Japanese media, everyone's gonna be there for uh, Otani and and Yamamoto will be secondary. Like it won't be, he will be in the shadow of Shohei Otani. I completely agree. I don't think he wants to do that. But so then the question is, does he care about any kind of shadow at all? Because there's still Cole, who's the Cy Young winner. You've got Judge, who's one of the faces, if not the face of baseball. And I there is some argument to be made. He could get lost in that shuffle where the Mets. He's the clear ace starting on opening day, biggest offseason move, only offseason move. The Yankees got Juan Soto. So on some level, if he just wants his star to be the brightest of the offseason and come April, then it's the Mets. But again, pitching on the mound at Yankee Stadium in the pinstripes arguably is the, the best place to be. At least that's what he believes, and that's how it's been projected for decades and decades, no matter how unhappy you might be with the current roster or the current team and the idea they haven't been to a World Series since 09. That feeling is still more prevalent than with the Mets, and honestly, even with the Dodgers. And that's what it's going to come down to. So, But do I think he's playing games? I, I don't know. I don't think he's playing games. I don't think he's you, – listen, you, you hit free agency, you take an offer. The Phillies and their GM throw around money. You're not going to go talk to the Phillies if they request it, just to hear what they have to say. You're not going to go talk to San Francisco. I don't think it's a bunch of. I think he's, I think he's locked in on the two New York teams. That's why he had the meetings. I completely agree with that. Jesse in Queens, what's up, Jesse? Hey, Chris, how's everything? Good, uh, buddy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, the football teams. The point I want to make is, I, I think the, the organizations are not that smart. I mean, you have the Jets. <laughs> that's that's a fair one. It's a fair one. Look, the Jets are desperate. They go after this old. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback, but he's old. He's in the last couple of years of his career. He won the MVP the year before last. Like it's not. It's not like he's. It's not like he's just hit some. It's not like he's really like a decrepit old. Yeah, I know. But if you're a smart organization, you go get a young, younger QB, develop him, 
and have him for a long time. They've tried just, that. They tried that with Sam Darnold. It failed. They tried that with Zach Wilson. It failed. Yeah, but they it, felt it, like they I, – I, I'm sorry. I disagree with you. I have no problem going to get Rodgers. It didn't work out this year, but they went out and got a Hall of Fame caliber a quarterback who does nothing but win, won two MVPs just two years ago, won back-to-back MVPs. He's one season removed from back-to-back MVPs, and they had what they thought was a Super Bowl caliber defense. So what, what are you going to do? Waste that what about defense? The offensive line? Well, the offensive line needed offensive to be in, line for him. Yeah, the offensive line needed to be improved. But I, that's not why he got hurt. And I and I do think that great quarterbacks. Do you think Tom Brady always had a great offensive line? Do you think Aaron Rodgers always had a great offensive line in Green Bay? Do you think Peyton Manning always had a great offensive line in New, in Indianapolis? They learn how to get rid of the ball quick. They don't take bad sacks. Like the, the quarterback helps the offensive line play. All right, one question. Gun yes. to your head. Yes. You you think this is going to work out for the Jets with Rodgers, or it's just going to fall? It's, it's going to end up in disaster. Maybe he gets injured again. If I or... if I have to bet my life on it, how could I bet on the Jets being successful? Like honestly, you're asking me to bet my life on the idea the Jets will be successful next year. How could I possibly do that? It's 13 consecutive years. They haven't been to a Super Bowl since 1969. Do you think I would bet my life on the Jets having a successful run? No. my God, I, If I had to make a decision and bet my life, no, the Jets, this is going to be an out-and-out disaster. That's how, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it, I, I'm hoping it won't be. And I still think they did the right thing. I, I do. I think when you, it's 12 years of ineptitude. You just drafted back-to-back quarterbacks, and obviously not year back-to-back, but, uh, you know, when it came time to look for a new quarterback, they drafted Sam Darnold, they drafted Wilson, they were awful. They were awful. And they built the rest of this roster. They had the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. That defense was trending in the right direction. And we saw at different times and what they've done to some of the bigger quarterbacks in this league this year, other than Tua, obviously, yesterday. But, I mean, they've proven to be a good defensive unit. They are talent. They have Brees Hall. They have Garrett Wilson. They had everything you could possibly need to be a successful franchise except the quarterback. And if it were different circumstances, if it were a different team, if they had a different history, I'd be open to drafting a quarterback. But it just failed with the last two, and they haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years, now now going on 13. I have no problem trying to end that. I have no problem making a move for a quarterback that puts me on the level of being a championship contender, a quarterback that would be the best quarterback to ever play for the franchise, a Hall of Fame, arguably Mount Rushmore quarterback in the NFL, in NFL history. You have to take that chance. I have no problem with it. It it got ruined four snaps in. In an alternate universe, he never gets hurt, and the Jets win eleven games. It didn't. It's a. It just doesn't happen for the Jets. It just doesn't happen, and we'll see what happens next year. But. I have no problem. I don't think that the Jets might be stupid in many ways. The Jets might be stupid in many ways. And so might the Giants be, for that matter. They haven't been able to get it right since since uh, Tom Coughlin left. But I do not blame the Jets at all for going to get Rodgers. It might fail. It might be a colossal failure. He might He might get hurt week one next year. I have no idea. It might end up being an out-and-out out debacle. You have to try. I have no problem trying. None. I think they did the right thing. 877-337-6666. More of your calls, Ziggy Ray. 
I'll get to you. I'll get to more of the calls. We'll continue on our way till 5 o'clock in the warm-up show. McMonagle here with you. Next, we'll have a little bit of Christmas fun as we try and take you through this holiday season. 877-337-6666. Oh, you know what that means. A little Christmas time. It's 3.47 in the morning. And you know what it's like this holiday season. You get the kids. You go to the advent calendar. You take out your piece of chocolate. And in this case, a little Christmas fun discussion. So today, what is today? The 18th of December. Tomorrow's my birthday. I should know the day. What's our little discussion today on Christmas? It's a little whatever happened to. Whatever happened to tinsel? Do you remember tinsel? You would throw it on your Christmas tree. I remember I have a lot of fond memories of my father just taking handfuls of tinsel and just throwing it all over the Christmas tree. It's like this little, these metallic looking colored like sheets of paper, thin sliced sheets of paper that, or whatever it was that would just, I guess, just tinsel. And it would hang on the Christmas tree. I have not seen a Christmas tree with tinsel on it in years. I miss tinsel. Tinsel was fun. Tinsel was the one thing that it didn't matter. You didn't have to, you just threw it on the tree. There was no thought. There was no, just, you picked it, you just like tossed it on the, a little here, a little there, gave it a nice little shiny look. Underrated tinsel. I miss it. I want to put some tinsel on the Christmas tree, and my wife nearly slapped me in the face. Apparently, it's no longer cool. It's outdated and ugly. These are the things I'm told about tinsel. I miss tinsel. I do. 877-337-6666. It was... So, it's so 90s. It's like uh, the Goodfellas when he gets the white Christmas tree and he walks in he's like, it's the most expensive one I had. It's so overdone and gaudy. But if that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? 877-337-6666. Ah, the holiday season. How I love it. And how fast it's going. It's already December 18th. The football season, oh, it's good before you know it, it's Christmas. I mean, the season's already dead. I mean, week 16, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I, I, unbelievable. Ziggy in Hillsdale, what's up, Ziggy? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. So I'm a Broncos Yankees fan, and um, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I'm yes. wondering who you think could take I like down the, I think the Yankees will finish ahead of the Broncos. I feel more. Oh, yeah. They'll I'm have a, a lot a more Broncos wins. Fan. They will have a lot more wins than the Broncos. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm a Broncos fan because of South Park, but uh, I'm just wondering <laughs> who you think could uh, take down the Chiefs or the Ravens or uh, or anyone on the bubble to get to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Um, nobody. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are currently the ninth seed. They are eight and six. They are tied with the Bengals and the Colts and the Texans, for that matter, at eight and six. Uh, so, uh, if you're asking me, of all the teams currently outside of the playoffs or right around the seventh, sixth seed, who could step up and 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 get all the way to the Super Bowl? Without question, the Buffalo Bills, who were just who just run who ran buckshot over the Dallas Cowboys uh, yesterday late afternoon. I mean, Cook just absolutely ran the ball down their throat. He couldn't be stopped. It was it was one of the better. Like I can't th- I I can't remember this season. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are rushing 
Like obviously the the Dolphins have had such you know dynamic numbers from almost everyone on their team, and who's the fastest? Who could win in a race? All that you know, right around they were scoring seventy points on the uh, aforementioned callers uh, Broncos, but that was about as good a performance from run. He dropped a touchdown pass. That's the only thing. He had like a swing pass that was right in his hands, and he could have turned it up and scored another touchdown. He dropped. Besides that, he made a great catch on a touchdown, and he ran the ball down the the Cowboys' throat. It was unbelievable. He was running every. He there were guys in the backfield before he got to the line of scrimmage. He was making guys miss. He was running over guys. The Bills were the Bills were doing the every single play was the tush push. He was getting held up after an eight yard run, and then the offensive line would come and push him over the first down line. Like they've created a new tush push. It's the end of the play tush push. They were they wanted it so much more than the Cowboys. This is a game where the Cowboys you could see it coming. This was the this was the game that fade the Cowboys. They've been on a hot streak. They played so well at home to go on the road against a desperate Buffalo Bills team and a desperate Josh Allen and a desperate McDermott. I mean, they were just they wanted this game so much more. The Cowboys clinched the division. Uh, excuse me, playoffs uh, during the course of this game. So did the Eagles during the course of this NFL week, and they didn't need this game, and they acted like it. They absolutely acted like it. They got just beat at the line of scrimmage just terribly. I mean, not to not to mention Dak did nothing offensively. For me, that's not even the story. I know they did nothing offensively. I know this team has been so dynamic offensively, offensive with their with their pass attack, and you know, Dak's up for the MVP. Uh, Lamb has been incredible the last six, seven weeks or so. After struggling a bit at times, he's just been on an absolute tear the last handful of weeks. But to me, it wasn't even offensively so much, as bad as they were. And I know that's you expect to be their unit, but this defense has been pretty damn good too. And it wasn't even like Josh Allen was making big-time plays all over the place. They were just lining up and running it down their throat. That was the Bills just lining up saying we're tougher than you, we're bigger than you, we're stronger than you. So right now, I think the Bills are absolutely trending in the right direction. I think they're as dangerous as anyone. If you told me right now it's Buffalo-Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, I would not blink. And you know what? I bet you, well, I mean, you'd have to play out how they got there. And the Bills would already be in the championship game. But I'll tell you right now, if that game was on an if that game happened tomorrow, Bills versus Ravens in Baltimore, the Ravens are what? Point and a half, two point favorite. That's it. That's it. Buffalo is legit. So of all the teams on the on the way out here, or on the bubble, as you put it, without question, the most dangerous team is Buffalo. You can, I, the, I will see if if uh, Stroud comes back uh, for the Texans, who pulled out a win, which, by the way, that was a weird game. Watching the Houston Texans play the Houston Oilers, that was just a weird game. It looked weird. I, you know, you, it was just it was Houston versus Houston. And obviously it goes to overtime, and Houston pulls it out. They're a well-coached team. And to win that game without Stroud uh, is an impressive, impressive thing. But I still don't – I don't love them – I don't know how good the Colts are with with Minshew. Obviously, they beat up on the Steelers, who are absolutely fading. They are now seven and seven. They have just collapsed here. They have lost games you can't. I mean, they have the losing to two win teams on back to back weeks before this Colts debacle on Saturday. Embarrassing. 
So they're done. I think the Broncos loss puts them out of it. So for me, you're looking at the Texans and the Bills as the other teams that could work their way in, and without question, it's the Bills. It's absolutely the Bills. They're the most dangerous team. I think there's a chance in the a- in the NFC now you could see the Saints off of this win against the Giants uh, jump up and take over the Bucks for that division. The Bucks played really well too, but I, overall I think they're a better team, the Saints. I've thought so all year. The Falcons just with an absolute joke against Par- Carolina, just an awful game. The Packers, again, were just you know overrun by Tampa. So I don't think there's any – I think the Rams are the team you're looking at as the seventh seed uh, in the NFC that could do damage. Right now it's them and the Vikings. Uh, I don't – obviously the Vikings have a quarterback issue and the Rams have a legitimate all-star, pro bowler, possible Hall of Famer as their quarterback. Uh, actually probably automatic Hall of Famer with the Super Bowl win from a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I think the Rams and the way that offense is trending in the right direction are the dangerous team to come out of the bottom – of the NFC playoff. But Buffalo right now, I thought made a statement. That was a game everybody circled. That was a game at 430. Everyone was watching on Fox. And that game was an absolute bombardment. The Cowboys did not stand a chance in that football game. Ray and Waterbury. What's up, Ray? Hi, Chris. Good show as usual. Thank you, buddy. About I appreciate the, it. You, very good. You're, you're right on about Yamamoto. He, I never thought he wanted to go to the Dodgers. Uh, he said he wanted the big stage. Dodger Stadium is not the big stage. I mean, they they, they go. I know it's a big market, and they, you know it's a big a market, team. and they constantly put themselves on the big stage. That's the thing. Like they have been, right. and they win a hundred games fans, year in and year out. They've won the division twelve out of the last thirteen years. They're consistently on the big stage. In the right. they've been in, they haven't been to the World Series since they won it in twenty twenty, and they've had some disappointing playoff appearances, but. You know, they went to the World Series in 17. They went to the World Series in 18. They won the World Series in 20. They win the division every single year. So, I mean, that's the thing. I agree with you. Yankee Stadium is far more the big stage than Dodger Stadium. But the problem is the Dodgers put themselves in the position more frequently than the Yankees have over the last 10 years. Right. And their fans go home early. But I'm a diehard Mets fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a diehard Mets fan. And I'm tired of this. This is the world's back to normal. The Yankees are going to get everybody. We will look like the Jets. We don't. The, what the, he, Cohen's going to have to do? He's going to have to blow them out of the water. Uh, and that's what yeah. I'm hoping he does. I they got to win this battle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think they uh, when it, when it started, I felt like they were on even footing about who needed to win it. The fact that they traded for Juan Soto and and there's rumors already that they could pivot to the top of the trade market in Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease. I th- I agree. I think this is much the 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 Mets need to win this a lot more than the Yankees do, a lot more. Now, who does he help more? I, you know, I mean, he the Yankees need starting pitching too. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like they're willing to do. The Mets aren't willing to trade prospects. The Mets aren't going to do it. If 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 you told me the Mets were looking to pivot to trade for Burns or 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 Cease, then I have a different opinion. The Mets aren't doing anything else. You know, maybe they would go get a Montgomery, maybe. It seems like this is the one guy they've targeted. This is the one guy they're willing to go spend big money on and put on the books. He's the one guy they're willing to do things for. They don't want to trade prospects. They're building prospects. They're paying more to get prospects. They are not in the business. They weren't involved in Soto. I don't think they'd be involved in the top end of the pitching market come uh, in the trade market, which is probably better than the free agent market. You throw Bieber in that mix as well out of Cleveland. So 
I don't think they're in that at all. And they haven't really been linked to any other free agent pitchers or really any other free agents. Like, this is it. All their eggs in the Yamamoto basket. And he's supposed to be this owner who will overpay and and bring someone. You know, he's going to get Juan Soto. Don't you worry about it. Next year, he's going to get Juan Soto because he'll offer the most money. Well, why can't he get Yamamoto? So I agree. Uncle Steve, King Cohen, takes a major hit if Yamamoto leaves for the Yankees and most likely less money. Because, yeah, on some level you could say, hey, well, listen, all you could do is offer the most money. But it also proves that the most money doesn't get you the player. And he's not willing to give that number that people, like, I don't, again, I don't know Yamamoto at all. And I all I know is from reporting, and he prefers this and would like that, but he's a human being. And the history of human nature dictates the idea that there is a number that he can't say no to. Is Steve Cohen willing to give him that number? I think there's not a doubt in my mind that Steve Cohen will give the biggest number. But is the biggest number enough? Does he have to hit a level where it's, uh, how could I say no to this? I'd rather be a Yankee, but geez, another 60, 70 million? How can I turn that down? Is Steve Cohen willing to go there to get his guy? Is that the smart thing? Is that the smart practice? Do you set a precedent from free agents knowing that, hey, Set a line in the sand of here's the number I can't say no to. I know Steve Cohen will give it to me. Like I, all of these are fair questions, but without a doubt in my mind, the most in, the winner of this battle needs to be Steve Cohen and the Mets far more than it needs to be Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees. Without question, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. All right, two hours down, one more to go. 877-337-6666. Continue to take your fo- fo- uh, football calls on how disastrous it is. Is this really the end for Tommy Cutlets? We know he's probably still going to play. He deserves to still be the quarterback. He wasn't awful in this game. But are we done chasing the dream? Is one loss enough to end it? Are we just looking at Daniel Jones again next year? You know how I feel. We'll hear how you feel. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on The Fan. We'll be right back.